Good morning, guys. This is the Gem Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver Cornley, and today I have a very special guest, Raf Barron. How are you doing, man? I'm feeling all great and all excited. How about yourself, Oliver? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It's good to have you on. So, Raf, um, just a quick intro, is a leadership coach. We've been speaking, I think we, uh, we connected on LinkedIn last year. We've been speaking just back and forth, just giving each other tips and advice, and uh, I thought you'd, I'd have you on. So, yeah, it's awesome to have you on. Hey, I really appreciate this opportunity because what you're doing, Oliver, is really resonates with me because it's a missing piece that I believe it is. And my work is also focused mainly on, you know what, let's teach you leadership before you get into this position rather than, hey, let's promote you because you're good at what you're doing and then you crash and burn. And oh, by the way, here's the training that you're supposed to do. So let's just, let's just do the right thing and teach everyone leadership skills, life skills from as early as possible, really. So I appreciate what you do with your uh, your own mission and uh, that's why I resonate no, I love that yeah no and uh, obviously with the leadership tips and advice obviously we've got this podcast uh, and if you check out our website ourgent.co.uk that's ourgent.co.uk it's free membership got lots of good stuff in there forum pages newsletters podcasts lots of amazing stuff in there to help your career or help you start your business so Raf let's just kick things off with a short intro just uh, introduce yourself yes so I'm Raf Baron. And I today I work as a feedback coach. So I spend my time working with managers and teams and helping them developing this healthy and engaging feedback culture. And I also work as a podcast host. My podcast is called Coaching Leaders, which is dedicated to help managers becoming a better coaching leaders. But really, Oliver, what I'm doing is I'm paying for it. At some point, I've been fortunate to have that one coach-like leader who seen me as a, as a potential, as a good human being and get the best out of me. And I believe it shouldn't be lack to work for a manager like that. I think we should have all the managers and all the employees should have daylight yeah. managers who is coach-like. Therefore, my podcast and my my whole working career is built on that. That's why I resonate with what you do for, for that reason. I think we all should work for coach-like leaders and it shouldn't be a matter of luck. No, I love that. It's um, and, and this is why I got you on really is because I think a lot of coaching nowadays is focused on the big executives and it's all exclusive. Whereas your mm. approach, you know, it's very flat and anyone can can have it. Anyone can use it. Um, and I think, especially for our listeners now, those who are aspiring to be leaders in the future, you know, we're going to talk about today about the little things that you can do now, the the attitude mm -hmm. that you can adopt in order to to become that. So mm. with your career then obviously you're doing feedback coaching now what was the one thing that you wish you'd have learned earlier uh, because obviously our listeners because we're younger you know we want to be finding the, the little chips and tricks so what was the one thing you wish you'd learned earlier in your career mm, top question i wish i could go back in time and implement what i've learned <laughs> um, it took me some hard lessons to crash and burn and i did it in my early 30s and what i was lacking oliver is self-awareness Mm -hmm. right? We have this ego, we have this attitude, we have this, you know, self pictures that we can do, we can endure. And look, um, I'm a for professional, former professional athlete. Uh, I'm a freestyle wrestler. I've been competing internationally. And as a wrestler, we, we grind every single day. We are designed to endure. Yeah. And that attitude, I brought it to work and I wasn't aware at all. And that actually worked against me and against my team because what I was lacking, Oliver, is self-awareness, both intrinsic how I think, how I feel, what I, th you know, how I, how I behave, and how I, and the second one, the extrinsic one, how I come across with my team, the 
combination of both, the lack of the two, although I thought I'm self-aware because we majority of us, we do think I wasn't <laughs> and, it, and it caught me dearly. So self-awareness is the one thing that I wish I'd discovered earlier. Somebody exposed me to it and helped me double down on this skill. So the sporting arena sort of helped you with that then, would you say? So with, I mean, obviously at school age as well, they, they do encourage sports. So obviously with the wrestling, what things did you take from there specifically, which you then was able to apply mm. in sort of the more professional work? Setting? Yeah. The, so I'm all forever grateful to be part of a wrestling and sporting world, really. But what really, I, the one thing that I took and helps me do what I do today and keep on going against every single odds in this world and every single difficulties is the growth mindset itself. Mm -hmm. So when I was 16 years old, on the regional scale, I was doing okay as a wrestler back in Poland. But as soon as I go, went to the nationals, I was just losing. I, I, literally, so the, the system was, if you lose two, you, you're out of the tourney. That was me. All right, okay. And so one of my colleagues, Corner, who is a few years older than me, three years older than me, uh, stronger, faster, but roughly the same weight, he progressed to the senior team, to the, and our senior team was the best in the country at the time. And I finished my session, I sit down and I watched him training and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I went to Cornell and I said, hey, Cornell, can you every day fight me? I said, all I want to do for five, 10 minutes before you start your session, after I finish my one, just fight me. I want to score one point. And so if you are like in a boxing world, all I wanted to do is to land one punch. The gap between me and him was like, you know, when you're watching these cartoons or movies when this giant holds someone's <laughs> with a forehand and you just wave <laughs> yeah. your fist, that was me and him. That was the gap. But I've learned something invaluable, Oliver. I've learned that it's not about winning. It's about who you're becoming. It's about detaching your ego from the outcome and learn, focusing on the learning. I couldn't score a point. But what I did is I developed a lifetime mindset that helps me to embrace every single challenge in my life i'm looking up to it i'm excited about it because i know no matter what i learn i get better i grow stronger and i'll be a better human being as a result of that and so that was the one of the most the most important thing that i've learned as a wrestler and i apply it every single day as a parent as a podcast host coaching leader friend everything wow. is filtered through that I love how it's it's almost like learning from those who you know they're going to beat you. They know that they're so much better than you. But like you, you're almost putting yourself through that endurance of being beaten. And mm -hmm. it's, it's the, the process because I think that a lot of people, they go for the easy option and they, whether it's sports or work or whatever it is, if anything competition based, they always match themselves with someone that they can beat. Mm -hmm. and it's, you don't learn from it, do you? So from that wrestling experience, you, you're able to learn from those who are better than you. And yeah. And really get your mindset in there. Yes. And so think about it like in a working environment. You know, soon, guys, you probably are working already or you're soon to work. There is these expectations that we have to have all those answers. We have to and we have to deliver the results. And we don't want other people seeing us failing. We are attached to that outcome of, of the result that we, in the process of it, we're not learning as fast as we want. We're hurting people around us. And it's just the process isn't wrong because we want to deliver it now, here and now. And, and you know what I always say to the managers and, and to employees who struggle with that? I said, look, what you're trying to do is you're trying to please the people around you or you care about their opinion that you don't want to be seen as weak or yeah. as a failure or not good enough. And in reality, in five years' time, if we are a Facebook friends, that would be the most. And by <laughs> mean a Facebook friends, I don't mean we're chatting every other day. 
It's just a number on the on the on our account. On the screen, that's, yeah. That's a harsh reality. I work in hospitality, Oliver, and I've worked with by now thousands of people. A handful are my lifetime friends. And that's the reality for everyone. And I'm not saying, hey, burn the bridges. It's just the reality. And we're so focused on pleasing those around us because, hey, he's not a good manager. He's been promoting to supervisor, but he just failed. His section isn't clean. Well, he's a coding manager and he just doesn't know that particular code. So why he's a manager? And we're so fixed on it. And it's just because we want to win. We want to prove ourselves now. No, 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 my friends. We, we're working. We're living a marathon. Yeah, yeah. And everything helps you become a better person for tomorrow. And that's how I view it. That's how I approach everything. And my mind is cleaner and um, my well-being is better as well. And as a, as, a, as a result, I'm a more efficient human being in the long run. Yeah, definitely. It's, you've, I think nowadays, especially with sort of Gen Z, we, especially like things like messages, which are instant, you can connect with people within a second across the world. And we have this culture of instant sort of nature. We need things now. And going yeah. back to what you said earlier, which was, you know, you need to almost, you're not going to get it right first time. You know, you're going to be making mistakes. And I think this is really important, especially in like a corporate setting. If you do have an internship or you've started your first job, ask for help mm. because if you don't and you, and you fluster because you, you want to get it stuff done now, yeah. then you'll damage those around you, like you said, and you won't learn from your mistakes. So, so here's the, yeah. Yeah. Go on, go on. So here's the, here's the quick tip in uh, from, from the world of feedback. You've mentioned asking for help, which is important, but let's face it, it's difficult because the mm. story in our head says, hey, you know, I'm here. I don't know my stuff. I don't know what to do. If I tell them, if I ask for help, it means I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough, maybe. And, and those stories will prevent you and they will cre create more stress for you than, than necessary. Here's how, how you can work around it through requesting feedback more efficiently. And there's a trick that I've learned. You use positive feedback as a way to ask for feedback and to be mentored. So what I teach in my workshops, one of the skills that I teach is how to use positive feedback to get busy managers to mentor you. Because let's face it, we are all busy as managers. And if I decide to spend my time with you, Oliver, I need to know why I'm doing it. And also on a bit of a selfish level, I want to be successful. At least most managers want course, to be successful. Yeah. So if they spend their time, they want to see the result of that, right? So how to use that positive feedback? Rather than say, hey, I don't know how to do that. Because number one, it's it's sort of like creates this story in your head that you're asking for help and you're showing yourself that you don't know how to do that. It makes you feel not good enough as well because you literally verbalize it. I don't know how to do that. You can avoid it and turn it around and say, hey, Oliver, I noticed that you're when you're presenting in front of the large crowds, you're so natural. It's so comfortable that you do that. How do you do that? Tell me, Oliver. And a person will, will, uh, will just share them. We'll just share it because... Well, then they're an expert. You've just complimented them. There's a bit more. Yeah, opened up the barriers. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow, yes. Yeah. So, and then you just ask one more question. So how exactly did you do you know? Do you remember when you the first started? What was the first thing that you've done when you started? Because I would like to be in the same position like you do. I want to be in front of people as confident as you do. Bit more another positive feedback. Hey, so this is what you start. I remember when I started, you do this. Awesome. I'll do that. You walk away, you do that, and you come back. And I was like, hey, you know what? I practiced what you told me. That thing. What are your thoughts when you're watching me doing so? And you're slowly building that relationship with that person. And you know, it shows that you mean the business, you've, you've complimented, you, you share that positive feedback, you take your time to observe, you've asked for help, but you don't phrase it as, hey, I'm, I don't know how to do that. How, you know, how can you do that? Or you, can say, or you can say something like, hey, it seems like you're an expert in coding. Where do I really start? Because it's just it's yeah. so overwhelming and I don't want to waste my time. I want to be as efficient as possible to get to your level so where do I start? 
that sort of that sort of positive feedback first, right? And then you ask for that for that help for that advice. One small proof that you can do that. Come back, and by the time you know, that person will mentor you. Yeah, and definitely, if those who who are asking for help, if you just said, "Oh, can I have your help straight away?" It doesn't sound like you want to learn, or it sounds like you're lazy, or whatever it is. And also, it is difficult, you know, mm. to actually say that, especially for those people who you know you don't know necessarily in a workplace. Yep. So by breaking down those barriers, sort of that positive wording and and compliment mm. straight away. So then you break down that barrier, and then it's it's a positive reaction there. Absolutely, no, and I love that. Instead of just saying you're good at presenting. Pick up one thing that amazed you. Mm. Pick up one thing that you sat there and you're like, fuck my life, this was good. At that point when you've done that, it blew me away. Share it literally that way. Yeah, I want to do that, yeah. Verbalize your thoughts like somebody's like, wow, that moment, you really got me. That story or whatever that is that amazed you, don't just go and say, be so vague and say, hey, you're amazed. your, your, your um, um, presentation was so amazing, right? If you go in depth with it, it shows your interest that you really paying attention and there is one more benefit from it as well and that scores you those brownie points is because typically people tend to share feedback with their managers that is quite vague as in that was really good session you did really good it makes me feel good but i don't learn from it oliver if you tell me my podcast was good for you it's a good episode i'm like hey that's amazing but how do i learn from it? what was good it's a 45 minute conversation you know, I'm trying to improve so many things. Tell me exactly what was good because I've put so much time and effort in all of those. And you pinpointing and tells me, and you are telling me it's worth of doubling down on that part because it resonates with me. And all of a sudden, building better relationship with those it's, people. It's personal as well. You know, it's yeah. not just generic, like you said. And I think, especially in today's world, we've got the instant, like we touched on earlier, and now we've also got the generic stuff as well. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of generic stuff out there. Yeah, and it, it doesn't get any traction. So if you get specifics and be positive, that's how you can move forward and, and learn from others. And sort wow. of linked to that, those who we ask for help, they're often managers or, or leaders, those who, who have a good talent. So we've seen it from those, you know, the early stages. Let's flip the perspective. What makes a good leader and a manager? In a workplace. Hmm. In the workplace, yeah. This is, a. will I'll be a little bit vague you've mentioned there's loads of vague um advice in the world and this absolutely is we all start with those characteristics that are broad and then i'll narrow it down exactly how it looks like and why it's so important for you to work on it for me the great leaders i mentioned already that self-awareness you need to start leading with yourself you've got to be aware how you're coming across the so great leaders are self-aware great leaders are curious that curiosity mm. is not just necessarily only about asking the right questions and improving the process. Curiosity is touching so many, so many um, areas of our life. You know, thanks to curiosity, I'm less judgmental towards other people. I no longer label them as an idiot or as a as an. I'm curious why he's behaving or she's behaving that way versus what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense. He's an idiot. That sort of attitude. We are guilty of it. We've seen some silly things people doing at work, and we quick like, "I'm busy." Like, why he's? Why would somebody do that? That's a, that's a stupid thing to do. Oh, he's done it. He's stupid. I'm not gonna waste my time with him, right? Thanks to curiosity, you're less judgmental. Thanks, thanks to curiosity, you're gonna solve your problems in a lot more efficient way. Thanks, thanks uh, to curiosity, you'll resonate with people because you're saying, "Hey, you matter to me," and I really want to get to know you on the human level. And that will help you connect with people. You'll become a, a people's connector, right? So that curiosity, self-awareness, curiosity. You gotta be humble and empathetic at the same time. So those are the few things that definitely great leaders have as a 
as a human beings and the best that I've worked with and spoke with and uh, whether it's in my podcast or in, in real life, they all have those traits. You can double down on one. It doesn't have to be, you have to master all of those, but those are the things that you will see. And if you think about your role models, somebody who resonates with you, whether it's your, your, your teacher in the school, your parent, your friend, you find out that at least one of those things is there. Yeah, and I love that. And, and I think also, especially in today's world as well, we're very quick to judge, um, you know, like a failure or, you know, point out a mistake that someone else has made. And we often don't see our, our own. And it links back to what you said with self-awareness, which was, mm-hmm. I think it's important that we, we understand ourselves first, realize our own mistakes and, and just be open-minded, you know, learn mm-hmm. from, see it as an opportunity. Like you said, that curiosity. Okay, so why did they do that, you know, and, and what mm-hmm. did they do it for? And then the context around it. Because I think, we, we do miss things. It is human nature. We do miss mm. things. So you're saying adopting approach of curiosity yeah. will help you break down those barriers and communicate better it's, as well. It's just, you just asked me this question and now let me show you the story just literally from this morning. So you might, you might think right now, sit and listen, and think, yeah, I'm quite curious. I'm asking myself questions every now and then. And I believe you do, but there are so many layers to curiosity. Let me just give you the examples of how quickly I was to label certain thing, call it stupid and move on versus being curious. So I went out with my dog Raven this morning and I had all her leash. There was another dog and she pulled the leash and the leash just uh, disconnected. Oh. Like, oh, so I grabbed it. I plugged it back in because for some reason that leash has this connector right next to the hand. And I just did it once. She pulled second time, snap it again. And my first thought was, why the hell my leash is just snapping? Who, who would put a plug-in here? Why would you not make a single leash so I don't have to do that again? And here's the thing. I caught myself quickly labeling something as stupid without any reasons, without common sense, because it didn't work for me at that time. And then I paused myself. I'm like, Raf, it's there for a reason. You don't see it. You're emotionally charged. You don't see it, but there is a reason. So what would be the reason that that thing is there and you don't see it. What's the piece of information that you're missing and it's causing you to be stressed, nervous, and, and, and sweating at the bloody leash? And I was like, well, if you disconnect it, you can plug it a longer string and extend it or plug it to something different or maybe plug it with two different dogs. I don't know. I don't have that piece of information, but if it's there, it has a reason. It's not always the valid or the most reasonable thing for it to be there. But what's interesting for me when I sat down at home and I thought about this experience is like, I just went through judging things, cursing things, being annoyed at things rather than <laughs> curious. Like it did they disconnect and it probably is there for a reason. So I need to just buy a different leash rather than cursing that one. And if you yeah. go back to your own life now, thinking how often you look at things and your first response is that doesn't make sense. What do you mean this? And you quickly label, judge, assume things, right? So that curiosity will help you rather than saying, hey, what do you mean? Or that doesn't make sense, stay curious. So here's the trick for you guys. Spend the next months, not weeks, months, because it's not something to be Mm -hmm. fixed soon, and just catch yourself, and that's an element of self-awareness, when you are saying to yourself or out loud, what do you mean, or that doesn't make sense? Because as soon as that doesn't make sense, you already label, judge, then you move on. You're not curious anymore. So here's the practice. When you're hearing yourself saying it, pause, and start asking different questions. And that's how you build your curiosity differently. And it yeah, reflecting the on the moment. Yes, and you take it to the next <clears> level. Because what you will do then is, today I was cursing a leash. Tomorrow I may be judgmental towards my son, and I don't want to do that. Mm. But because the pattern is there, 
whether it's an object or human being, are, are more likely to respond to myself in a certain way or to people that I love and care the most. And I will make that damage in that relationship and I don't want to diminish that trust. So practicing with a leash will help me building better relationship with my son. Yeah, and, and, and taking that to the workplace as well, especially if you're, if you're first starting out, you want to build connections from the, from the get-go. <clears throat> and if you're sort of breaking those boundaries or you're getting frustrated, especially if a new job, you have to learn new skills, it is stressful and it's quite a compressed environment. Mm-hmm. So by using this technique of, of reflecting, catching yourself in the act of being too judgmental and, and thinking mm-hmm. rationally as well. You mentioned something, um, it's like you mentioned emotion, and this is really big because a lot of us, we do get emotions involved non-necessarily. And obviously mm-hmm. with this example with the leash, you know, it's, it's really important that we think r- practically and rationally to, to actually move forward rather than getting caught up in, in emotion and, mm-hmm. and maybe upsetting others or even damaging yourself mentally as well. Of course. We do. Yeah. So we've, we've gone from sort of like what makes a good leader and obviously this, this curious aspect and there's obviously using that to employees or those who are peers, for example. So how can we use these techniques, which are like self-control and, and reflection in sort of a leadership environment to build a good leader? Mm-hmm. Um, very good question. What I would, what I would suggest is being very thoughtful with your days and what mm. you're doing and really looking back at it and not from being that judgmental person, a bit more um, subjective. And here's, here's another thing that I've learned and I wish I did when I was, when I was your age. Yeah. We tend to ask ourselves those questions, why? Why did I do that? Why did I behave in a certain way? And that's not a very good question because it's very easy to move from being curious to ruminate and judgmental towards yourself and thinking that either you're not good enough or you start putting blame on external factors and people as well. So why didn't I why didn't I be the best version of myself today? Because he pissed me off. So why did I overrespond? Because Oliver said X and Y. And that's true. You said something that triggered me, but in reality, it's not you who caused me to explode to overreact it's my understanding and response to it that caused me between between the the stimulus and the action there's a small gap that we have to practice that will help you to to slow down and prevent from erupting if you will right so by asking yourself why 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 it's very easy to come to the conclusion why because oliver is a dickhead Why? Because he's unreasonable. It's it, we tend to think that way, and I've been guilty of it. And I'm still yeah, no, we all yeah. But then you just if you slow down and you start asking yourself, about, so what happened there, and what led me to behave in certain way? It helps you to slow down and understand where is your responsibility. So I'll give you a very good example that I've learned about four or five years ago. My son is now 17, and I linked to my overreacting to certain people with a certain behavior. So at some point I caught myself being very unreasonable, being the version of me that I promised myself not to be, the one that just loses the patience, puts this formal authority and has this attitude, I'm gonna nail you to the wall if you keep on disrespecting me sort of thing. So but there is, it's all down to my own stories. It's not how people behave, it's how I seen it. Your perception, yeah. My, yeah, and so at some mm-hmm. point I haven't lost my patience at work like for months now, like it's been a really long time since I've lost my patience because I worked hard on, on that self-awareness element. And in the space of a week, I've lost it twice and I was really res- unreasonable. I raised my voice. I just did my 
you know, predator gaze on the, empl the employee, and I just wanted to put him in the right place. Sure, he was acting unreasonably, but it, again, it's not on him. It's how I responded to it. So I sat down with myself thinking, so what, what, what happened there, Rav? Like, why all of a sudden you're not the best version of yourself? What were the circumstances around and I start literally breaking down every single thing that I potentially could think of whether it's five minutes before the what happened a whole day whole week my emotional state and I've concluded that I behave differently when I when I engage with people at a young age 18 20 21 years old that they seemed like or they act like in my opinion that they show me no respect that they don't claim responsibility and think I've got to figure out who you are to talk to me I know better I've, it wasn't my fault, it was yours. And I'm thinking, so where does it come from? And I was like, because I behave very similarly at times with my son, Nathan. And so I concluded that there's a certain types of behavior and the look on their face that I translate as, I don't care what you're saying, uh, comes here, comes out, right? And I see it as a sign of respect. And therefore I want to prove myself in a moment and I'm just exploding. And it, again, it's all on me. Because I've realized if the same conversation was with somebody who is 35, 40 years old, you know what? It's fine. I wouldn't explode. So the lesson for me was there through being that curious with myself, asking myself what questions is the, the begin was to me, if I'm going to have a conversation with somebody at your age, Oliver, I need to cruise 20 miles an hour because I know I can go to 60 just like that with you. Whilst if I talk with the older person, I can, I can enter the conversation and, and write 40 miles an hour because there is that buffer here, that story in my head that prevents me from snapping at you, if you will. Again, I just need to make it very clear. It's all about me and how I respond, not about you. So I said, okay, so if I know now that I tend to overreact with young people, then every time I go to that conversation, what I need to do is to slow down in intentionally before the conversation takes place. And eventually, by doing so several times, I've disabled my red button. It no longer exists. But I started with that curiosity and self-awareness, claiming my own responsibility and putting some steps in practice. And now it's gone. You know? Yeah, it's within yourself. It's not, you, you know, you've got to focus on yourself and, and your own experiences, your own reflection before you actually start to, like what we said earlier about the judging side, judging too early. You know, you've got to understand yourself with that self-awareness, how you react to your experiences before you can then go, oh, well, he's done that wrong yeah. or mistakes, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's... I find that it's difficult, especially for sort of mm. most of our listeners now, which are student related. To, it's difficult to, for everyone. Uh, people are feeling yeah, yeah. difficult. And without the practice, it's, it's it's a human nature, my friend. It's, okay, yeah. It's I suppose it's something that takes practice, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it is difficult, obviously, for all ages. Um, for, for those who, who are younger, and obviously, like you said, the 18, 19-year-old self that you described, what what little tips can we do now in mm -hmm. order to to like build up that practice and build up that momentum for them when we're older in the workplace to manage that more effectively? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So here's the here's the uh, here's the advice that I always give to to young people and junior managers. Something that I've learned as a from from the world of sport. And here's the thing: we are going through our life thinking that we have our own goals and thinking that we work on personal development, but really with not that much of a focus on what we really want to achieve. And I always show the, share the example that you, me, and probably most of our friends by the age of 15, we've spent just as many hours kicking the ball with our friends as an average Premier League football player. 
The difference between me and them is I don't earn a hundred thousand pounds a week. They do. But the, the, the real difference was, is that they were kicking the ball for three hours and they were very deliberate about it. They were getting the best out of that three hours, of kicking the ball and playing the football where we were just playing the football. In the working environment, managers are being managers and eventually getting better just through that sheer experience and time. And what, what happens is they don't have 10 years of experience. They have one or two repeated five times or repeated 10 <laughs> times. So we all you got to do is to be more deliberate and looking for coaching opportunities, practice opportunities outside for what it seems natural to you. I'll never forget the interview with one of the wrestlers who is an American guy. I forgot his name actually, but he won silver medal in Olympics. And he said, and he said, I'm practicing for that Olympic medal every day. He says, if I'm, if I'm um, refueling my car, I'm squeezing the pump and working my grip. If I'm at my home and go upstairs, I go backwards upstairs to stimulate my, my, my muscles differently. And I thought about it. I was like, what you're doing, you're not just practicing wrestling when you never practice. You practice all the time. So here's the advice for you guys, perhaps. Let's just stick with impulse control and self-awareness. And let's just use the fact that you guys playing, I assuming a lot of you spending um, an hours playing video games. There's nothing wrong about it unless you're pushing too far, because the reason why I crush and burn in my work environment is because I start playing video games all night long before I go to work. And I just wasn't able to cope. And sleep is hugely important. However, back to you, back to your question, find your own spots where you can practice. So let's just say impulse control. You're playing video games and sometimes you feel like you rage quit. We all been, <laughs> we all been there, right? Um, stay curious with your behavior. What were you thinking just before you slammed that keyboard? or you press the you know, escape button, or you, or you belliterate your team player or the opponent one. What language are you using? What's the story in your head before you erupt? Because that's what it is. We are erupting based on our stories and perceptions of things. It's not that he made you angry or his stupid plague style made you respond that way. It's your understanding and response to it. Right? I always say there's a two types of drivers. One that goes to the red light and cursing the fact that it's the red light there, <laughs> because they're expecting green light all the time. Yeah. And some just going there and it is what it is. I see the red light as a part of something that is just going to happen. I have no influence. Some people feel entitled and they want green one and it changes how they feel. A simple traffic light. Same thing for you guys. So as you're playing video games, as you're reading through the social media and you read a polar opposite um, to your beliefs, uh, comments or articles, stay curious with yourself. Why do you think what you think? What makes you think that way? What did you say? What were you thinking? Is your first line of response is, what do you mean we should be doing this? Or what do you mean Gen Z is entitled? Rather than saying, hey, what do you mean Gen Z is It's like, what makes you say? Why they see us that way? What do we do that we are being perceived that way? Is a better question than starting with, what do you mean? Because you're deflecting responsibility and you're no longer claiming it and being curious. So find your own opportunities, guys. You don't. You may not have your lifestyle goals. You may not work in the in the company that you want today. That's okay, because whatever your goals are, being a future Elon Musk, or being the CEO, being the best parent, being the best athlete in the world, it doesn't really matter. What you'll find is that there are skill sets that will get you there. That's so universal. You can practice now. And we spoke about self awareness, empathy, curiosity. Humility. There's so many things you can work on right now whilst you in your lockdown, me and you sitting here, mm, you can yeah. practice those skills. Look, I've used 
a practice of a leash and my dog <laughs> to work on my impulse control and curiosity. That's how silly it sounds, but that's how powerful it is. So it's honing in and, and focusing your attention on, on a, a few very, very specific either skills or, or concepts or mentality, yes. really focusing on them and then practice day in, day out. Yeah. Almost to the point where it's subconscious, like your friend, um, mm. the wrestler, walking backwards up the stairs. I love that because it's such a domestic setting, mm. yet it's an Olympic medal. You know, it's it's. A, I love yeah. that because it it shows its growth, its its focus, and this is something that we need to sort of concentrate on because, especially with social media and the wide array of information, everything is very uh, spread out and it's very there's too much out there. Yeah. And we need to hone in on and then just focus in and yeah. then hopefully consistency will deliver. So here's so here's the here's a, here's a quick exercise and if let's just do it, you let's just do some role play, for instance. How would you like to be perceived as a human being? Wow, <laughs> it's a big question. It is. Um but it's a good so, start. How would you like I'd to be say, perceived? Uh, someone who's consistent and, and successful is if that's generic enough, yeah. Okay, and what else? Yeah. Successful? Uh respected. Mm-hmm. Respect is a big one. Um, yeah, just just hard, decent, and fair as well. Yeah, I just stick with respected for now. All right. Okay. How would you have? What, how you have to behave? What sort of behaviors you have to display to be respected by others? <laughs> I suppose you'd have to demonstrate yourself. You, you know, you have to be trustworthy. You'd have to. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like you, you start within yourself, so mm -hmm. you give respect to others first. Yeah. Out of all backgrounds, and then obviously you receive. Um, <laughs> so what would so what yeah. would stop you? What would stop you from giving respect to all the backgrounds? We're living in a, a hugely multicultural environment. So what would stop you from not being as trustworthy and fair and respectful, giving giving the point that we're living in such a multicultural environment? What would stop you? What sort of behaviors would present a different image? Just being rude or, or just, um, you know, being ju very judgmental, like we touched on earlier, mm -hmm. you know, being very, very judgmental. Oh, you know, they did that wrong straight away without being yep. open. Um, sure. Yeah. I think also actions as well. So if, if you choose to don't go down a certain route or do a certain thing in spite of others or, or mm -hmm. to be um, like competition, but in a negative way, you know, being conflictive. Yeah. That can also, yeah, I can see that. Very good. Absolutely. You know, so now you can see how you want to be perceived and what sort of, what, how you have to behave, what sort of other bodies are. And you've mentioned being judgmental. We all judgmental. First mm -hmm. thing, just don't feel bad about yourself. I've realized through my experience that if I've been judgmental in the past and I, and I have been, my the way I was raised and the environment I've been part of is different to the one that I'm in here today, is, is the way I am. And I've realized I need to do something about it. And that's when you become and start being really responsible for it. So I said, how do I do that? And here's the story. And it's quite vulnerable. And whether you can resonate with it or not, it's down to you guys. I'll just I'll just share exactly how it works. It was about five, six months ago. And I've been working on not being judgmental for quite a while there. But at the time when there was a Black, uh, Black Lives Matter movement and with all just erupting the states, I was like, there is more that I can do on the individual level. So I'm not as judgmental i'm not i'm really working hard on it but there's still something there every now and then so let's just find it and and root it out and i was walking with my son to school i come back and there was this bmw passing me uh tinted tinted uh, windows mm. low sporty one and black driver and he just passed me through and i'm like hmm i wonder if he sells drugs and i'm like what the fuck, Raf? 
why you are so why you are using this judgmental thoughts why you are allowing the stereotypes to influence you and that's the thing i allowed it because i never challenged them they exist i allowed them it's like that's wrong graph what if it's a chef that came in to uk just like you did 14 years ago and worked 70 hours a week because he always dreamed about bmw yeah how judgmental how unfair it is i wouldn't so i got to the point when i wouldn't come across with that towards him but there was that quick you know that quick flash thought that the card passed me on such a subconscious level i was like this is rough you're gonna work on it so hard for the next few months catch every single thought that is attached to stereotype and fucking challenge it root it out so when you see five black people in the hoodies you have exactly the same thought about the five white people in the hoodies because the stereotypes are different right it's it's not it's wrong it's bad we shouldn't be doing it but i'm thinking why like i never made this decision here's the thing i never made this decision to label that group of people in the hoodie mm. corner that way i never made this decision consciously it just now is there and i need to claim responsibility here and move forward with it so for me if i want to be respected i'm going to challenge through my curiosity those judgmental thoughts and i'm going to spend a year on it that's what i was <laughs> with as well not exactly that but you can see the process in and yeah, yeah. I need to make it very, very clear now. And I'm sorry if I've offended someone. Uh, I'm, I'm being human being. That's who I am. I'm not ideal. And I'm working so hard to root every single existence and evidence of being a judgment in any shape or form. I, it never was my decision, but somehow for some reason we behave in, in certain ways. I don't want to do that. So what I do, I'm being very specific on one and one particular skill only and one and one particular thoughts only. And I spend months on it. That's to me what it means working on yourself. Yeah, and and it's it's almost like sort of owning up to your mistakes, whether you've you've done it like you said in your example, or like uh, within the workplace you made a mistake, or you felt like you're reflecting on yourself, like hang on, that wasn't quite right, that was bad of me. You, it's really important, like you said, to own it, take responsibility. I think that's the first step, and I think that's the hardest as well. Yes, and then after that, then go right. Okay, what can I practically do? to to overcome that so then in the future i can be a better person and i can grow mm -hmm. and i can share that with other people like you today have shared that experience because i think that a lot of people it's it is difficult it is instinctive you know it is human nature to make mistakes but it's those mm -hmm. who overcome them and adapt to them quickly mm -hmm. and, and and properly then obviously you, you have that growth there absolutely so with that then in mind we we've got sort of the the, the journey now of, of leadership within the workplace, how we can then become that in the future. And obviously now what we can do to obviously with the, the curiosity and the, the mentality. So just to finish off, what would you say to, to listeners now that they can, they can tangent, like pick up, they can get now. So for example, like a book. So what would they be able to read now in order to, to assist on what you've just said, which is this mentality and this growth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there is always, always a one book that i recommend to everyone because of my personal journey with self-awareness and that book is insights insight by tasha yurik and he's a, he's a he's a book um so that's insight if you just listen insight by tasha yurik and uh, she's world class expert number one expert in terms of self-awareness it really breaks it down on both intrinsic and extrinsic extrinsic and gives you really good tools to practice it. Um, and by reading it, you also realize is that you're not alone in not being self-aware. In fact, we all are not self-aware as we thought we are. And mm -hmm. we have to work. Nobody is born with it. 
it's a skill that we have to hone and I believe it's never going to go away. I will always have to work on my self-awareness, but I see it as a beauty, not as a fault. So definitely insight for your personal development. And you've also mentioned that uh, the fact that you guys have your own goals and you will go to this working environment, you want to be leaders and managers. There's one book that I wish I read when I started my management journey, which is A Welcome to Management by Ryan Hoke. And the reason why I love this book so much is because it takes you on a journey that only one leader took me, in fact, when I met him in my early 30s. And most of the leadership books will tell you how to lead your team. And that's too, that's too late. That's like a last stage. He broke this book, Ryan broke this book on three chapters. And number one is actually starting with yourself, lead yourself. And there is no coincidence, Oliver. The first thing that he talks about is the starting point is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And he talks about self-awareness. Then he takes you through how to build your team, a huge missing link that is Often you won't get as much training if you if you be a manager if you become a manager you'll be expected to build a team and hire the team without training and it's a, it's a, it's a crucial who you bring in on your team because you can bring a, a very toxic person just because you like that person right we have we all have subconscious biases and, and links to judgment right <laughs> hmm, yeah absolutely so you may miss out on some great talents or you bring the wrong person to the team because you read that person wrongly or. You allowed yourself to be sort of steered with your biases and then how you lead the team. So Welcome to Management is definitely the second book that what I would suggest read right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the first book, Insight. Obviously, that's your, your self-awareness there. I've, I've actually ordered it. I'm still waiting for it. It's been a week now. But um, So obviously, what we've discussed, obviously, with the self-awareness, it's, it's understanding yourself, catching yourself out in the act of making mistakes and then being able to learn from that. And then obviously, the second book with the, the management, that there um you that can more of like a, a business sort of mm. scenario to it and yes. obviously with us uh most of our listeners now which are a student or a university you know we want to become either successful leaders in the future and taking this self-awareness growth in our university years in our younger sort of years and taking that to the professional setting i think is such a great synthesis and i think mm. those both books would you say they complement each other quite nicely Definitely. And look, you're you, you at university and you touch quickly on something that being deliberate with your journey and your personal development. You don't have to become or, or start your company to practice your leadership skills. Like this book, like Welcome to Management, you've got guys different types of society, societies mm. and, and groups, and maybe you work for charity. You can practice the same journey through with that book already now. You can, the, those principles are so universal, whether you decide to open your company your business as soon as you finish university or join as a manager elsewhere or doesn't matter what you what you decide to do with your career those principles and the ways are exactly the same thing because those are human ways you start with yourself you build people around you and then you lead them it's it, you will find this flow this process everywhere whatever you, you choose to do even if you, even if you're a parent change the words it's exactly the same thing Although I don't, you don't like choose your team as much. <laughs> yeah. you still have to, you still have to develop that team. You still have to lead that team. But you're starting with yourself. For me to be the best parent possible, I had to look at myself first. It, nobody gave me that manual book. And if I use my role examples from the past, I would just fail miserably myself. So you got to start with yourself. And if you start with yourself, or you want to be parent, um, partner, business partner, business owner, manager, it's all the same, my friend. All the same, yeah. Got to get that practice in and, and link to that. Obviously, it's really important that um, those 
those of you at university especially who consider business competitions we're doing a couple of podcasts in the future mm -hmm. about how to do a successful business competition and and whether you're a leader in that or just a, a contributor you know you'll be developing these skills it'll help you with the self-awareness like raf spoke about but thank you very much for for sharing your uh, your knowledge there i mean it's it's been a it's been a true journey there of self-awareness and i think I mean, I would definitely use a couple of tips. I think the, definitely the, the holding back and not being too judgmental mm. is something that I need to work on as well. Um, so, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, check out our website, ourgen.co.uk. Lots of good stuff in there. Raf, I think we should have another one. I mean, it's been amazing. Um, learned a lot. But, yeah, thank you very much. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me in and give me the opportunity to share my own experience. And I hope, um, hopefully it will help some people out there and yeah definitely it will save you a bit of frustrations and, and stress in your life amazing so keep learning get earning and uh, speak to you next week <laughs>